Hello and welcome to another episode of Design and Style. I am one of your co-hosts, Dixie with Dixie Willard Design. And with me, as always, is the beautiful effervescent Rachel with Rachel Moriarty Interiors. Hi, guys. I'm so excited today, Dix. I am too, because we have with us the fabulous, famous Mark McDonough from Tastefully Inspired. Insta-famous, the insta-famous right. Mark McDonough. Right. Wow. So, I like that. <laughs> Instagram the next day. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Mark's going to stay around because he's got over 20 years of marketing experience. Oh, does he, Dixie? Why don't he you does. tell us a little bit about he Mark? Does. He does. His expertise is growing brands and making them explode online. And then he also has a thriving marketing business. He's worked building the brands of some top designers. And I'm going to let you step in here and tell us who some of those fabulous people are. Oh, God. In the, in the industry, I've been working licensing marketing with Roger Thomas, Timothy Corrigan, Vincent Wolf, Cloda. Um, God, who else? Uh, Terry Hunsinger. We, so, yeah, yeah, I've been kind of around the block a little bit. Um, also did real estate in California as well. So it's not, it's an interesting kind of a combo. So, uh, thank you guys very much for having me. I really do appreciate it. Oh my uh, gosh. So fun. We were on, if anybody, uh, doesn't know, Mike, Mark also has a podcast that we were guests on. That's how, well, you guys actually met in Atlanta where I wasn't, you guys had a little, little bit of fun in Atlanta. Well, first off, did I even mention tastefully inspired <laughs> <laughs> i know we're like mark mcdonough, mark McDonough. I'm, just, I'm just going on and on about you but tastefully inspired and i got to bump into mark down in atlanta for the furniture market there in the fall and it was so much fun and i didn't go home like i was supposed to and just kept hanging out with all the people so <laughs> I know, I know. it was it was such a fun time um, you know, I mean, it was really cool hanging out, talking design, talking marketing, talking about brand building, all that kind of fun stuff. I mean, uh, it's kind of what I live for. So thank you guys for indulging me um, in, uh, in talking about it, which was good. Which was very, That's very what we live for. We live for too. Uh, we love talking about, you know, visibility. So one of the things I know Dixie wanted to hear uh, your point of view on what is the difference between your your definition of visibility in marketing. She said you're a marketing geek. Well, I definitely am, you know, without doubt. I would say if you're not visible, then you've got to work on marketing. That's definitely one thing straight up. Um, being visible to me is the end product of good marketing. Um, a term I like to talk about is uh, social presence. It's getting social yourself presence. inside the conversation or in, in the conversations that you think you should be part of, but not really kind of like, being, you know, like dropping in, you know, kind of being there, but, but people kind of see you by kind of, you know, see your name everywhere. And, and that's the kind of visibility that you need because you don't want to be too pushy in design. I know a lot of designers are, and it turns off manufacturers big time. So you want to be that person where they say, you know, I've heard of that person. Where have I seen them? And then next thing you know, they see them again. Okay. And I seen them. <laughs> well, no, it's true. I mean, you know, you really want to be that person. Um, it also in licensing, it also gives you a little bit more of a leverage because you don't want to be the person who's saying, Oh, please, I want to work with you. You want to be the person where they're like, wow, okay, there's something going on with that person. There's a buzz around them. So they're definitely a commodity. And that's 
what good marketing does and how it translates into visibility. You know, being visible, it's easy. Being seen, that's visibility. How do you get seen? Good marketing, you know? And marketing is tough. It's a workout. It's not, it's not just waking up in the morning. It's waking up in the morning and hitting the gym, hitting the marketing gym, doing your Instagram stuff, blogging, Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, StumbleUpon, good email newsletter, um, getting yourself out there and putting yourself in front of your audience and growing your audience. So I have this picture in my head now, though, of somebody with like dumbbells and on one it's Instagram and on one it's Pinterest and they're just kind of, you know, I know. And then you drop them and then you go over to Pinterest. And then after that you you go, I mean, it's a never ending cycle. I mean, um, but I would say though, you know, you got to pick what you do, right? What things you want to work on and kind of focus on them. Um, You got to pick what you're going to deadlift. (laughs) I'll tell you this straight up. Um, you should, and I was actually writing this out yesterday, um, give yourself kind of a good estimate. I was actually in, I think it was Darla's group, and I was writing this whole email or a Facebook reply to someone who was talking about blogging. And I was like, look, I'll give you the key to marketing. The key to marketing is looking over your entire day, okay, and kind of planning ahead and saying to yourself, you know what, I get about an hour I can spare every single day of marketing. And then considering yourself, okay, I have an hour, where am I going to spend all the time? And then decide on what you want to spend time on, Instagram, Twitter, or whatnot. Marketing is a black hole that many of us have gone down. And then all of a sudden, it is four o'clock. We're like, wow, what just happened there? And, you know, at times, marketing doesn't have those immediate results that make us think, wow, we really spent good time, you know. You know so, so, you know, plan it out, mark it out, say, I can spend an hour a day, but really, really pinpoint what you're going to be doing during that hour. That'd be my advice. I've heard you mention a couple of times, even offline, stu- is it stumble upon? Mm-hmm. What, what is that? That's one I'm not familiar with at all. I know something Rachel doesn't. You do? <laughs> stumble upon is a kind of newer, newer network. It's based out of the Bay Area, um, but it's growing. Now, here's the thing for me, um, and this is something that I always live by. Stumble upon is not a big network at all, but could it be the next Instagram? Yeah. And what would you give to be back in the day when Instagram was basically just starting off and you were one of the new accounts? Right now, you'd be, what, a million followers? Right. So for me, I would give the new guys a little bit of a chance, like stumble upon, like I say, oh, you know what? Hey, look, all I got to do is press a share and it goes to stumble upon and I'm good to go. So for the most part, I try to maximize that. You know, like the little networks I see kind of possibilities with, I try to get in there sooner than later you know um a lot of people abandon stuff like tumblr i kind of stick with that just because it's a it's just an easy share it's just you share your blog and there you go more eyes on it um medium also i share my blog there too um but i try to at least have like at least 20 places i can network anything i do for the for the day so i'll wake up have my coffee write the blog or someone else will you know kathleen karina ian will write a blog i'll publish it and then I will share it on StumbleUpon, uh, LinkedIn, Pinterest, all the, all the networks. I'll grab a picture, throw it on Instagram. Normally, I like to do an Instagram stories. I find those to be very, very powerful. I haven't I done it well, just because real estate has been kind of picking up in California, so I've been kind of focused. But Facebook stories are – I mean, Instagram stories. I am loving, I just started doing them like intentionally last week, and I am just loving all the like little – things you can do like all the little icons and i mean there's so much you can do on it it's really fun oh yeah i think, I think my kid said it's like snapchat but i'm not on snapchat so um yeah i i'm having 
people your views on any of your stories that you ever put with one tip. What? Ready? Grab your phone when you're bored or whatever. Hit the button that says view all. Boom. Put your phone down. Come back in about 10 minutes. You'll have viewed every single, every single story that's been available. They're going to see you viewed it, and they're going to view you back. And all of a sudden, you're gonna, your story is going to get triple the amount of views. And if they like the story, they're going to add you as a friend, and then you get a new follower. Unless they did the same thing you just did and put their phone down and walked away. <laughs> no, but I do. It's, it's funny. I'll sit there and be like, all right, you know, like, I'll just hit, basically hit the stories. And then it just, you know, let's sit it on my desk or, or just go through them really quick. Yeah. But I let it sit there for like a good 20 minutes. And then after that, I go back and my stories get at least three, three times as much more traffic. Wow. So it's a tip for people who want to grow their followers using Instagram stories. Well, the cool thing about stories now is they're coming down it through your scroll. Like before, it used to be just oh. up there, and you'll scroll, and then you'll see a little band of stories. Mm. So they're really pushing the stories. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to hop on this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's stories are really, really taking off. So for me, um, I jumped on it, and stories, like, it's funny how, like, I, I would say if you're looking at doing kind of video stuff like that, Facebook do the live stuff, Instagram do the stories. The Instagram live stuff just doesn't work it work as well. I've, I've done parallel testing. Instagram and live. Facebook stories don't work either. Yeah, so I'd say, like, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's kind of a weird thing, but I know. Instagram stories, that's the way to go. Dixie, have you done any yet? I I have done one Facebook stories um, when we were at furn- when we were touring Furnitureland South. It's the only one I've ever done. Oh. I've never done the Instagram stories. Facebook Live I do all the time. Never yeah. done yeah Instagram Live. So yeah, no. Facebook I'm is sort of our our d- what we deadlift. That's our platform. We deadlift and we well I say do together. some good with it. You know what I mean. Then maybe experiment out a little bit to see what other areas you can like focus on. But I mean, yeah, you know, if deadlifting is what you do, that's your core thing. So just stick with it. You know, it's definitely working for you guys. You guys are everywhere, which is fantastic. So, you know, like I said, I, I, I would never abandon Instagram or I think on Twitter, we're at like 23,000 people. So I never abandoned it. Although Twitter for me is kind of one of those things that like, I, I'm still on Twitter. We have a design and style Twitter account, and when I post, you tag us? <laughs> when I post the podcast, it automatically sends it to Twitter, and that's all that we do for that. So that I, is- I know for a fact that Mark McDonough liked one of our our tweets. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely. I mean, Twitter is kind of interesting. I mean, like what I would say to people if they want to expand on Twitter is just talk. You know, I mean, you can do the videos. I, I, I post photos on there too, but I mean, just talk, you know, just the weird stuff that pops in your head, just kind of throw it out there. I'd say you could probably gain a little bit on Twitter for that, you know, like. Um, and didn't they like double their characters or something that you can. Uh-huh. I did. Yeah, they're kind of like Twitter, Twitter's one of those, Twitter's interesting because they're kind of like on the ropes a lot, then they come back. I mean, you know, honestly, they're the social network that for the most part is known for you know donald trump i mean you know uh, you know it's kind of like it's a weird kind of a weird weird thing right there so twitter i don't know i mean we we have a good presence on it but at the same time you know i don't know if i generally like it you know i like instagram instagram's cool um i like facebook it's kind of cool although facebook it's kind of cool (laughs) 
tell you why Facebook is. It's because it's a little confusing when you have like a brand page, your personal page, your groups. Um, it's getting a little too spread out. You know what I mean? It'd be nice to kind of bring everything in to, to, together, you know, but it's like, oh, I'll share it here. I'll share it there. But in one way or another, it's kind of your same presence. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it gets a little, for me, a little, like, it's a little bit much. You know what I mean? Like you guys. Okay, you both have your personal pages. You both it's have like business. Much like you guys. No, no, no. I, I look on my. I got my real estate page. I got my interior design. I got this, this, this. All these pages, you know. So for me, at the same time, it is. It, it's a little bit too spread out. It, I feel too spread thin on Facebook. Like if I post a blog, do I post it in my the groups that I'm associated with? So I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that you can kind kind of be doing. Um, let me ask you guys, like for you guys, what is the most relevant thing you do every day? <laughs> We're like, duh. <laughs> no, um, you thing that, like, thing that's almost like lucky charm, your rabbit's foot. Like what is the thing you guys do every day? I think our, for us, I think it's our group, mm -hmm. um, our design and style group. Interacting with the group. Our, uh, I mean, we don't, we don't really go through the insights that much, but our group engagement is so off the chain. It's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, we are in a lot of groups. We've been in groups for several years. We created a space that I think is very different than other groups. It's very interactive and fun. And it's, you know, it's got a lot of us in it where um, a lot of groups that we've been in have a lot of scheduled stuff like oh, it's Monday this, and it's Tuesday this, and it's Wednesday this, and pretty soon the, the person that was running the group is kind of, everything's scheduled, and their presence is the whole reason you were there, yeah. is, is, you know, they're not there anymore, and so we, we want to be really intentional about what, and that's what the nice thing about the two of us, and we are in different coasts, so there's only about, we figured there's only about six hours of real dead time in our group. Depending on how late I stay up. There we, mm -hmm. there we go. I know, I know. You sat you like a night owl like me. <laughs> I am. I really am. Yeah. So, it's really our great. group. It's Facebook, our group and Facebook. Well, that's good. I mean, but don't you feel kind of weird when you're like, you're on your group and you're spending a lot of time in your group and then you're saying something, well, should I also be sharing this on like, you know, these other groups, my personal mm -hmm. page? I mean, it's just that like, I wish Facebook had a nicer way to kind yeah. of... Uh, to join everything kind of together and it doesn't yet. It's very kind of sloppy where it's like, Oh, I want to share to this segment of my friends. I want to also share this to my business page. I want to, you know what I mean? It's very much like you throw it here, you throw it there and you have to do it through everything. So for me, Facebook kind of needs to bring it all kind of together, you know? Yeah. So if you post something, it, it goes where you need it to go to. And it's not a lot of the share here, share that without putting you in facebook jail like a certain friend of ours got put into oh really yeah yeah because he shared into too many groups and it said okay you're done for like a week i mean it was not it was a no joke you're in timeout kind of thing oh wow yeah no i mean facebook does that instagram does that too um, you know, but at the same time, I mean, it's, what we it's, find out too, it's hard because we have our two businesses, we have our personal brand business, and then we have a design and style. So if we are launching something or we got something going on and with design and style, we're putting so much energy and live streaming and, you know, all this stuff. And we realize all of a sudden, like on other our business, other business page, 
oh, I haven't live streamed there in like a week, you know? So you're right. It, it does. And, and because there's such different businesses with different audiences, we have to be on both, you know, the same because they're just so different. Um, but we, I will actually forget. I'll be like, oh gosh, I was live streaming in the group all day. I wasn't on my page. Mm-hmm. So um, we actually are doing like a 50, we were doing a 50 day um, live stream challenge where we wanted to, you know, hit it in Q, we're in Q4. So we're like, we don't want to lose momentum. A lot of people will with the holidays and all this stuff. Um, they'll kind of let, take the, take their foot off the gas on their business. And we were like, no, we want to like, you know, stay on it. Let's be really intentional and go live on, you know, on Facebook every day for the last 50 business days of the year. And then we forget because we're so in, we're like in the group and we've forgotten. So technically we have, we have been live. Oh yeah. I've been live pretty much every day. (laughs) That's cool. I like that kind of stuff. I'm not a vacation person. I mean, now and again, whatever, but I mean, I love working. I love being on the phone and networking. Like that's just my, my thing. Real estate, design, whatever, you know, I, I love working. It really does fuel me to get up in the morning and do stuff, you know, and that's why I have so many of these weird kind of cool projects going on because I just, I just love it. I love really, I love networking, talking to people, you know, so many people are so afraid to pick up the phone and talk to people too. It's just, it's weird. You know that's what I mean? That's me. I'm, really? I'm weird. I am that, I use my phone for everything. And if I don't have your number programmed in, in my phone, don't call me because <laughs> That is, for me, I'm driving because now and again, I have to drive these places for real estate and every moment I try to be on the phone. I'm like, okay, I'm calling Ian, calling Karina, calling Joseph, calling, you know, whoever, calling this manufacturer. This is, you know, I'm always out there calling people and I, I yeah. love, it. I love the whole connection process and being there and being available and that kind of thing. So I'm using it more because I'm connecting with people like you and Joseph. So, you know, Joseph and I will talk, you know, I've talked talk to him more than, well, Dixie and him are probably the two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, I didn't use the phone at all. <laughs> but isn't it, I mean, it really is a good one. Texts, you can't really tell the tone. Emails, you can't really as well. Um, the verbal is, you know, for, for people that live far from each other, it's a good connection to have. Um, like for me, I, I don't feel any of my ideas can translate properly over text or over email. I just mm-hmm. don't have that type of like, I don't want there to be any confusion. And also I like the whole like uh, energy you have when on a phone call. Yeah. You can really tell if a person's excited about it or not. Um, it's a good poker read for people too. If like I'll pitch an idea to a manufacturer, like it's good to be able to hear their voice and hear yeah. where they're coming from. You hear know, that pause. Like if they've paused after you say something, you're like, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, These days I find myself saying, hey, can we, can, can we hop on a quick video chat? Yeah, we do videos. Yeah, so I mean, I do that. All, uh, the Jetsons have arrived. I am video chatting all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's great, though. And also, you're getting your, like, you know, your group into, like, videos by doing that. Like, I tell people, I'm like, look, if you want to jump into the video market, one thing I would suggest is every day do a video blog just for yourself. Pop open your phone. The second you can actually start watching yourself, that's when you got it. I but, heard you exactly. say that before, and I love that. It's I true. love that. You can actually stand watching yourself after about a couple months. You do this, you know, your angles and lighting. Then you got it. Then you can go live and then you're good to go. But it takes you a while to get there. 
you know how it is. I mean, everyone does. Well, that's why we try to encourage people to do things like do do this 50-day challenge with us because that learning curve, it does, if you only do it once a week, how it'll take you a year to get 50 videos to, on, under your belt. You know, if you do it with us, you can do it in a, bang it out in a couple of months. You know what I mean? And then you're doing it with people and having fun. So yeah. definitely, I, I love that line. I, I got to write it down because I almost forgot. I heard you say it before somewhere and I, I forgot. Um, but I did want to touch because you did mention that you love doing a lot of fun, different projects. So can we go into some of the new stuff? You, I know you announced something today on Instagram that you've been working on, um, which is super exciting. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing for me. Um, tastefully inspired. I allow I, I allow a lot of people to have access to the Instagram account because it's so, such a monster Instagram account. So like Kathleen, like Ian, Karina even. But um, so I allow a lot of people access to it to kind of post what they need to post. Almost kind of like a shared Instagram account. Um, a lot of the projects we're running right now. One is we opened a shop, tastefully curated. It's for all those designers out there who have that maybe the product collection that they want to push out there or people who say to themselves, I designed this really cool pillow for a client. I would love to see how it works out in public. Let's see, test the market. Now, Kathleen, who works with us, is has been working with Amazon, e-commerce, all this kind of stuff. So she is a guru with all that kind of stuff. A lot of designers also, I told her, I'm like, you should tell designers this. If you want to get your product if you want to have your website and be a little bit not typical and be able to sell products online too, like your design, like furniture or like, uh, I don't know, fabrics or whatever online, she's the person to talk to too. She can actually get you set up with e-commerce stuff and get you basically selling within probably like 48 hours. She's a whiz. So she basically curated, you know, um, I, I told her, reach out to groups, talk to designers that we thought that you know, they'd be interested in selling their products online or wanted to test the market in licensing and product you know, and so it's kind of grown, developed. We've selected some really nice people to work with, really cool people who really get the fact that this is their first dabble in it. Or some, actually some of them have. Some of them have been selling for a while. Like Carolina Living, she's been doing it for a while. Beautiful products, beautiful. So we have a mix, and it is a curated collection of designer products that uh, hopefully people like. You know, I'm, I'm peeking at it on my phone. I know. I'm like, what are you? Dixie is super excited. She's like waving her phone over there. Is it well, really pretty? Product. Tell us what you guys want to want to do. We can help you get manufacturers for it and get it on our mm -hmm. website and kind of start selling it. Um, and it's a good way for people to dabble and to see the power of being able to sell their products online. Um, and it, it kind of segues into another thing that I have going too. Um, a lot of people want to build their audience in social media and marketing and everything. So with Kathleen, I talked to her, I'm like, look, you know, I get a lot of people um, asking me about social media services. Hey, how do I get my account to this? I'm like, I can help you create the guidelines for it. And then if you want to, you know, and Kathleen's awesome. I mean, she just really is a Swiss army knife of all this stuff. And then, and then Karina said, Hey, guess what? Darla was thinking about doing the same thing. So I called Darla and I was like, look, what if we put our heads together and created a company that for designers who want to boost some their social media presence, blogging presence and everything under one umbrella, we can actually monitor the quality, um, talk to these people and help get them to the next level. So we're putting together a little company like that, Darla, myself and Kathleen, um, of people who want to jump in, um, you know, and kind of really boost their social marketing presence um, online, you know, and, and by, you know, by social media stuff and blogging, like they really want to get themselves to the next level. So Darla and I kind of put our heads together. Kathleen 
is amazing. Like I said, I mean, I couldn't say more about her. So we're starting that project. Now, another project. This one is a really huge project that I've worked in licensing for, for a while. You know, I've worked with some of the top designers. I've worked with like top manufacturers, restoration hardware um, companies. I mean, you can check my bio out. And I have a very kind of a love for licensing. And I, I have a love also for not letting designers get taken advantage of in this marketplace. Um, now, <clears throat> Joseph Hecker, as everyone probably knows, Design Wall, and I had a conversation about how we could kind of make this kind of work for designers. So we decided to start a little company. It will be a licensing company. Um, and how this works is that Joseph boots to the ground almost at every single event. He's got a huge Rolodex, so do I. And what we're going to start doing is pairing designers up with manufacturers. That means that designers that are thinking to themselves, I would love to have a wall covering line. You know, we talk to them, we rep them, and then we bring them into the licensing world where they can get money. Now, the beautiful part about our company, too, is that we also, on staff, we have two lawyers. So it goes through every single contract, and we make sure that no one gets ripped off. The contracts are completely solid, state-of-the-art stuff. And with Joseph and myself, because of our social media and marketing presence out there, we're going to be able to help you tell your story and develop your brand and audience where maybe the first manufacturer bites and we do something successful for you, but we continue the ball. We continue it rolling with other manufacturers. We develop you on par with the brand putting you out there. And we push, push, push your products so that more products get sold and so that you make more money. So for Joseph and I, it took us a while to kind of bang out the details, and we're going to be launching this probably in about a week. Uh, so oh, jeez. So yeah. I didn't realize that was so soon. Well, the thing is for him is, you know, Joseph goes to a lot of meetings with a lot of designers and manufacturers. I talk to him on the phone. I meet with him, and I know them from past experience or, you know, just on my phone. And they're hungry for designers. The designers are hungry for them. But no one really knows how to dine at the same table. So for us, I was like, well, why don't we do that? And why don't we do it with integrity? Why don't we do it with repping the designers and making sure that they're protected? They can navigate in these waters that they might not know that well. And they make money. They get their brand out there further. And at the end of the day, I'll be honest with every interior designer out there, licensing is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You're not going to retire doing interior design. You're not going to retire doing hospitality design. Licensing, that's where you retire. That's where you make good money, residual income, and it's a good way to go. So for me, it was always a no-brainer. This is where I wanted to put, you know, plant my flag. Joseph was a perfect fit for me as far as a person who has 24-7 energy. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He does. I mean, the guy's, the guy's a, 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 great. You know, we both think along the same lines, and that's to protect the design community protect the designers, and have them grow their, grow their brands. And we're not talking about just like grow their brands at high point or grow their brands here. We're talking, you know, grow their brands, you know, in between Netflix videos or Hulu videos or, you know, pushing them to the level that they won't just be known by the design community. They'll be household names. And that's our end game, you know, because at the end of the day, design community as lovely as it is and it's small if you get yourself known on a larger scale that means more products will be sold manufacturers will be happy and you can take yourself to a whole different you can switch lanes like i was talking rachel you can go to fashion you can do this because your name will be out there and with a few well-placed product deals 
licensing money will start coming in. So that's where we're focusing on. We've already got four designers that we're going to be working with that uh, that are pretty much signed to rep agreements. And then um, we've got at least seven or eight manufacturers already kind of chopping at the bits to kind of start up the meetings with designers. So it's very exciting. And I, I love that concept and idea. And, uh, you know, if we can just focus on making sure the designers are protected. And like I said, no one's going to find a licensing agent that is going to actually have two lawyers on staff protecting that's their clients. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. And, you know, so far all systems go. Joseph is ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Designers ecstatic, manufacturers ecstatic. And it's something that we feel we can really do better than anyone doing right now. So those are my projects. That's huge. You know, I also wanted to bring in, you know, when we talk about visibility, we talk about, I'm more of the online hustler, but Dixie's the in-person hustler. And I just want to talk about too, how important, just like you talking right now about your lawyers on staff, who you're working with, these are all people that we like know from meeting in person. Like we know Habib now, we know, of course, Joseph, you know, you guys met in, um, Atlanta. I'm going to meet Darla Powell. That Darla Powell is who you've been referring to at Design Bloggers. I know that. So I want to talk also just about those in-person, you know, meetings, how important it is, because you can get a sense of, can I go into something like this with this, you know, with this Mark McDonough I keep hearing about, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I just want to, I don't, I don't want to let this that pass because I think it's super important to talk about um, in-person connections too and um, of co- we are big you know online presence and all that but I do love that um, even the video I mean you and I have to, we've talked a couple times with you on video but you also have that personal connection with Dixie um, and that's so important too. I am so excited. I know Dixie and I are definitely excited to work with you um, more. We're excited about the, this is something I would have never, I, I'm so happy that we are doing this podcast um, and sharing this with our group because I, I have a feeling there are a lot of designers, a lot of them, you know, we all come to to interior design through different paths and mine is fashion a lot of people maybe were painters or artists or you know artisans or crafters and makers and you know you have all of these people with these other you know where we they don't just have the uh, interior design talent there's other gifts and talents they have as well so I think this is a wonderful opportunity for anybody that has thought I would love to have, you know, maybe they throw clay pots or something. I'd love to have the ceramic collection. How do I do that? How do I, you know, I don't even know how to negotiate something. I don't know how to approach somebody. I don't know who to have to look over a contract if someone came to to me, you know. So I think this is huge. I think all of your projects are huge, but the licensing is, to me, so exciting. I think you, um, when other designers listen to this, it might be just a little seed that, that got, gets planted that they didn't even maybe even know about. You know what I mean? It might be something. Had that seed, it might be just water and sunshine that they need for it to go. Oh yeah. I guess I really could do this. I could do this. Like just talking to you, I was like scarves. Like what could I do with scarves? You know? (laughs) I want to work with the people that, 
go to Bed Bath & Beyond, the people who go to Restoration Hardware, they see these designer names thrown up with this furniture, this amazing, these amazing products, and they say to themselves, how does that happen? How do I get there? Those are the yes. people that work with, you know, the people who want to take it to the next level and to get into kind of like mainstream stuff. And that's where the money is. And that's where licensing deals happen that can make people a lot of money. So for myself, it's all about leveraging connections, getting the, you know, get, telling a story, getting them in front of the people, but also making sure that everyone's protected in a way. Because here's the thing, your average designer isn't going to be able to navigate waters with like, a, you know, a, a big company. Like, what do you do? Sit down at the table with Neiman Marcus and you're sitting, Neiman Marcus is going to say, we'll do this for you, sign the contract. And then, and then the designer's a little bit like, whoa, I don't know where I go with this. For us, it's all about legal protection, getting you to the next level, but also making sure you make money. You know, and, and this, it sounds very capitalistic, but at the same time, I'll guarantee you that if we can make you money, you're going to feel better about cutting us in on our mm -hmm. percentage deal too. And that's a good way to be. It's all about making people a lot of money so you can get your cut of what they're making. You know, show me the goods. Show me how to, how to do it. And that's one of the things that I like. A lot of designers have a lot of talent. They just don't know how to step it up to get into the product licensing. Um, they want to because it is great money. I mean, at the end of the day, it's where you want to be. You want to have a blanket that is your fabric you chose, your design, and it's in every single, I don't know, uh, pottery barn in the country. That's where the money is. And that is the pot at the end of the rainbow. And Joseph and I, like I said, he's at almost every single design event, which is amazing. You know, we've got a pretty, pretty thick Rolodex, and we want to work with some designers who are really, really hungry for that type of pot of gold. So that's where we're looking. You're just speaking our love language left and right over there, telling your story, growing your business, uh, getting visible, you know, everything about what you're doing is uh, definitely what Dixie and I are all, I know we're like, check all the boxes. Sounds great. I think that's a perfect place to end it. What do you think, Dick? I think so too. I think Thank you, perfect. Mr. Mark McDonough. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I really appreciate it. And I want to give you guys kudos. What you guys are doing is very inspiring. Um, stepping in front of the camera, putting your money where your mouth is and doing the stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, you guys are really a great beacon of light to design. You guys are pointing everyone in the right direction. And for that, there should be a lot of people thanking you for it because I guarantee you, you guys have definitely started something that is being emulated on Facebook Live and on video. So good job. Totally cool. Aww. Thank you. Who's our new crush? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark. All right, All right guys. everybody. If you want to find out more about Mark or listen to or watch the podcast again, you can head over to designandstylepodcast.com. All the show notes will be there and you'll be able to check us out. If you're listening, you can watch us. If you're watching, you can listen to us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast was made possible in part through the support of our preferred partners, like the Design Network. The Design Network offers one of the most powerful to-the-trade e-commerce programs in the furniture industry, combining the top brands in furniture, the best prices, and unparalleled logistics all in one place. Go to www.thedesignnetwork.com to join the Design Network's Trade Direct program, create your designer profile, connect with new clients, and start shopping today.